Calvert going from left to right. Free receiver set. Wetzel in the slot to the left. Calvert is by himself to the right. Koontz is in the backfield with Higgins. He'll get the play up the middle. Ten. Near sideline. Five. Goal line. Carlton Koontz is into the end zone. They run the read play. Koontz takes it in. And with 13.04 to play here in the second quarter, the Rams score their first offensive touchdown of the game. It's now 12-7 Fordham with the extra point coming up. Three receivers set. Wetzel in the slot to the right. He's got Wilson on his side. Higgins will give the handoff to Koontz. Off left tackle. 10-5. Into the end zone goes Carlton Koontz. No flags on this play. And with 2.13 to play here in the first half, the Rams now stretch their lead. It's 19-7 with the extra point upcoming. Fourth and 25 from midfield. Here's the snap. Higgins, here comes the presser. He's going to sling it down for Talbert, and it's going to be intercepted. Intercepted at the 30-yard line by Joseph Francis, and he just goes down with the ball. And it looks like the Bison are going to pull out a win here today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Monday Night Quarterback. I am Alex Smith, and I'll be joined later on by Mike Watts as we get you up to date on everything Fordham football. We will talk X's and O's with Rams defensive coordinator David Blackwell, and we'll also go inside the huddle with Jake Rodriguez and Patrick Murray. But all of that will be later on in the show. Let us first welcome in Rams head coach Joe Moorhead. Coach, thanks for coming on with us, and, and how are you tonight? Doing great. How are you doing? Doing pretty well. So, Coach, you know, we just heard the highlights. Your team falls to Bucknell 27-24, to fall to 5-4 and on the season, but you had a chance there late in the game. You had that offensive drive, and it was something that we saw in the, in the game before um, against Holy Cross where you guys were able to come out late with the win. This time it, it just didn't happen. What did you see on that last offensive drive where, where it came up short? Yeah, we, we got the ball and got it moving a little bit. We had a nice long competition to, um, to Brian Wetzel on a, uh, you know, a post-corner route, and, you know, it felt like kind of – the way it did, you know, in, in our other Patriot League games, and it came down to the last drive, and unfortunately this time we weren't able to execute the, the two-minute drill to perfection, and, um, you know, we were we were pretty close to field goal range, ended up taking a sack, uh, which knocked us out of range, and, uh, you know, we uh, you know threw an interception there on the, on the last play, so it uh, didn't work out well. Now, Ryan Higgins has been tremendous for this team. It just seemed like he was out of sync with his guys early on and at other points in that game. Did you get that impression from your quarterback? Yeah, you know Ryan had, has obviously been playing tremendous football uh, this season and has a, been an instrumental part of the offense and the reason why we're winning football games. Um, and the the way he's had success so far this year is playing within the confines of the system and uh, taking what the defense gives him. And uh, you know I just thought he, like you said, he was a little bit off yesterday. Uh, you know, forced some throws, made some reads that that weren't you know uh, that were a little bit out of his. Uh, a little bit out of his comfort zone, and um, you know, but you know, he, we we looked at it on film today. You know, he made the corrections, and he had a great practice today. So we expect him to bounce back. And do you think that the cold weather had anything to do with that? Maybe he didn't have a great grip on the ball, or, or was it more the Bucknell defensive scheme? No, they do a good job defensively. Uh, you know, and I think it was just a matter of uh, you know, just you know, coming down. It was really the first, fourth quarter more than anything. Uh, you know, and you know, he uh, he'll learn from it. He'll learn from it and get better. Now, Coach, it's something that we've talked to you a lot about, you know, especially recently, is holding on to leads in games this season. It didn't happen against Bucknell. How do you get your guys to try to play a full four quarters? You know, we, you know, we've been really discussing it a lot, and you know, you look at every single one of our Patriot League games, and it's come down to the last drive of the game. And you know, a lot of the games this season, we've gone into the to the uh, into halftime with a. A lead, some of them sizable, and uh, you know it's just a matter of you know coming out and playing a full four quarters. And you know there were some things on in all three phases of the game in the second half of the game that contributed to the loss. And ultimately, 
you know, I'm in charge. It falls on my shoulders. I take responsibility for it. But, uh, you know, we're, we have to find a way certainly to come out in the second half and play, play better football, particularly when we have a lead. And, Coach, speaking about coming out and playing in the second half, I think you guys have been outscored 80-53 to 53 or mm-hmm. something like that in the third quarter. Is there any explanation for why your guys just haven't come out and, and played their best after halftime? Uh, I had a good one, I'd, t- I'd tell you. But, uh, you know, I think we're outscoring our opponents in every quarter except the third. Uh, and I, it might be close in the fourth, but, uh, you know, certainly that's something that, um, you know, we've talked about today as a staff. You know, we, we've been taking the ball a lot on the opening kickoff and maybe deferring. You know, we, we've kicked around some some things, but, you know, at the end of the day, we've just got to, you know, I've got to find a better way for us to come out of, that, out of the locker room and, uh, you know, play better in the third quarter. Now, there were a few positives in that game. We don't want to harp on the negatives here. So looking at the performances of Carlton Coons, he had 116 yards and two scores. Patrick Murray with another three field goals despite the, the weather and the wind. What positives did you take out of that game? I thought the first half was, was all positive. Uh, you know, we, we moved the ball pretty much uh, up and down the field when we when we were possessing it offensively. Um, you know, Ryan was throwing the ball well. You know, he was up, 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 up I, I believe, near 150 yards, and Carlton was up near 100 yards rushing at halftime, and we had 21 points on the board. The defense really only gave up one score on the long run. So, uh, you know, Patrick, I, I believe Patrick leads the country in field goals and punting, so, you know, he continues to do a tremendous job for us, and there were some things with Carlton running the ball. And, uh, you know, Brian Wetzel and the other receivers and Dan Light had some good days, and, you know, Michael Martin continues to have a phenomenal season, so... You know, it was really a tale of two halves. I wish we could have taken what we did in the, the first half and bottled it and come out and done it in the second half because we would have come away with the win. Now, Bucknell running back Tyler Smith, he found the end zone three times, really carried that team on offense. Uh, from your perspective, was was it more him, you know, leading himself to success or was it also the, some of the pro-style offense that they run? Because you guys really haven't seen much of that this year. Yeah, you know, a lot of his yards came on the the one long run, uh, 79-yarder, I believe. Then he had the other touchdown run, 14 yards. You know, that we... We did a good job containing them for the most part, aside from those runs. But unfortunately, those runs count too. So, uh, you know, it is a little bit different from what most teams are doing nowadays. You know, lining up in two backs and running a power play, running the lead stretch, running the ISO. So we fitted up well for most of the day. There, we you know we let a couple get out, and, the, and those plays did hurt us. Now the Bison were just one and seven coming into the game. I, I'm sure it was a disappointing game to lose. So, how much do you take away from a game like this, and and how much do you just want to push it aside and, and kind of move on? I think one of the big things that you take away from it is how much parity there is in the Patriot League. I mean, you look at yesterday, one and seven or one and eight. Holy Cross, you know, misses a field goal towards the end of the fourth quarter with an opportunity to upset, you know, Lehigh, and uh, you know, Bucknell played a bunch of good teams very close, and uh. You know, any time you're playing not just a Patriot League game, but any 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 game at this level, you've got to be on top of it from an execution effort standpoint for four full quarters. And uh, if not, you're going to get yourself beat. All right, Coach, thank you very much. And we'll bring you back in later in the show. But first, let's talk X's and O's with Rams defensive coordinator David Blackwell. Coach, thanks for coming in, and how are you tonight? I'm doing okay. Uh, thanks for having me. And thanks for coming on with us. Now, looking at the matchup with Bucknell, it was running back Tyler Smith who really carried the game offensively for them. Three touchdowns, two on the ground, one th- through the air. What did you see out there from him that, that made him so successful in that game? Well, you know, he, he had, uh, you know, obviously a 76-yard run that, uh, you know, on a busted assignment by us. And we had four guys um uh, on that play bust and uh and it uh it ended up costing us dearly uh obviously uh and then uh you know the touchdown pass he caught was a 25 yard uh pass on a wheel route and, and it was a busted coverage 
and uh, we should have been in good shape on it. And uh, the guy that was supposed to take him did not. And, uh, you know, but that's uh, has been a little bit of our, you know, defensively, if you look at it, overall statistics, sometimes statistics lie. And, uh, you know, you're, you're, you can look at statistics and go, wow, boy, we gave up a lot of yards rushing in that football game. And uh, then you look at they ran the ball 42 times in the football game, uh, two of them, two plays resulted in 100 yards. Um, and then they ran it 40 times for 117 yards. So for 40 plays, you played really good defense. 40 rushes for 117 yards is not very much. Um, two for 100 is a lot. And so what we've got to do is figure out why the two for 100 happened. And, and that has kind of been, uh, you know, f- the challenge that we've been dealing with throughout the season is, is to be mentally focused for 60 plays. Uh, or 65 or 70 plays or how many plays were out there and not to have the lapses that result in the big plays or the explosive plays that end up costing us. Um, we let the quarterback get out on a 25-yard scramble yesterday and, and obviously gave up a 76-yard run. That's 101 yards and two plays. And, uh, you know, for the most part throughout the game, we controlled the run, but those two plays obviously count. And, uh, and one of them obviously was a backbreaker uh, and, and potentially the difference in the football game. Is there something Bucknell did scheme-wise? You said you were trying to figure out why exactly these busted Mm -hmm. plays were occurring. Is it something maybe with their pro-style scheme, or was it just something where there was a lack of concentration on the part of the defense? Yeah, it was kind of, you know, we watched the play with the entire defense today. Um, And, uh, you know, we we get together in a unit meeting every Sunday, and we kind of go through the, you know, some of the problem plays and, and as a whole defense why they happened and, you know who was responsible in, in that particular play. We we were in what was called a nine man front. I mean, we were in you know the corners were basically locked man to man. We had safeties committed to the box for the run because of the personnel group they were in. Um, <clears throat> they ran a two tight end, one back set, and uh, you know ran a G zone, a fold scheme zone, which is you know they ran the play six different times during the football game, and uh, the other five times they ran it, it gained about six yards. Um, but uh, the, that one, we had a, a linebacker not fit it correctly. Uh, he fit on the wrong side of the pulling guard. We had a safety who was getting cracked who fit outside the crack block instead of underneath it, uh, which then we had two outside with him in the corner, and then we had a backside safety that, that was coming inside out on the ball but stepped up instead of flowing, and, and so it was kind of a perfect storm. Of We had four different people. We lost the Mike linebacker when the center climbed right now, so the nose guard needs to replace him. And the nose guard got pinned by the three technique who got blocked into him. And so it, it was really kind of the perfect storm of that one play where we had four guys who, if it hit the second level, should have been able to get it down and, and were not able to do that. And then, uh, you know, the uh, if I can figure out what makes a particular guy on a certain play just bust – I'd like to bottle it and sell it because it's uh, it's all over college football and the NFL. It's just it seems like ours have when our guys bust they have found it and it has been the perfect play call for them and 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 obviously a bad one for us and so it's uh, it's something that we're continuing to to work on and 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 a lot of it to me is learning to finish a game you know learning to play sixty minutes we've played you know really 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 good defense for a half for three quarters for you know but we have at some point or another we have let up or let down and and uh and uh you know whether it's uh, you know some of its depth uh we've got some guys especially on the defensive line that are playing too many snaps 
uh, because we're not very deep on the defensive line, especially now with Yancey out, Beastick out, uh, Tenuta's been out. Uh, we got him back last week, you know, and so we've we've been banged up on the defensive line with as far as depth, and we have guys playing 60, 65 snaps, which is a lot of snaps for a defensive lineman. And uh, but again, those are excuses. Those aren't those aren't good reasons. Uh, th- those are those are more excuses than they are reasons for why things happen. So, uh, you know, we've got to we got to keep playing hard. Uh, we got to focus, and and ultimately, at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is the win or the loss. And uh, whether it's fifty to forty nine or three to nothing, our job is to hold them to one point less than our offense scores. Period. And uh, you know, the statistics and all that stuff are are really not. Uh, you know, not as important as people make them out to be. Uh, you hear people dwell on statistics when they're not very good or when they, uh, you know, or, uh, you know, it's really interesting. Back when I was at Clemson, we were uh, six years there. I was there six years. I think all six years we were top 25 in the nation defense. Four out of the six, we were top 15. I mean, we were really, really good statistically defensively. And I remember talking to uh, – to, uh, Pete Carroll one time when I was at University of Pittsburgh, and uh, he was at that time was uh, had just gotten let go as the head coach at uh, New England Patriots, and his son played for us at Pitt, and I was talking to him about statistics and things like that, and and then uh, he ended up going to Southern Cal, and obviously they were they led the nation in defense like three years in a row, and I made a comment to him one time about, you know. Did he, you know, was, you know, it was a big deal. They were number one nation defense and all that. And he's like, I'll be honest with you. He said, I didn't even pay any attention. He said, the only one I care about is winning national championships and being undefeated and all that. You know, people, people talk about their statistics when they're not winning championships and not doing those things. And so it's, uh, you know, ultimately the name of the game is to win. And, and uh, that's the thing that from a defensive perspective, we had a 14 point lead at halftime. We've we've got to make that stand up. Uh, they ran the opening kickoff down to the 48. We gave up a little bit of a drive, gave up a field goal. Then we go three and out. They punt it to them, and they and they take it 61 yards down the field and score. And ultimately, that that's what we cannot do defensively. It doesn't matter. Shouldn't matter what's going on on the other side of the ball if they're going three and out. We need to go three and out. And uh, if if the ball gets turned over and put on the 10 yard line, it's our job to hold them to a field goal, which we did one time. The other time we did not and gave up a touchdown. And that's not. We've got to hold them to field goals. If uh, if we, uh, you know, they get the ball in the 25 and we give up a, uh, you know, a touchdown, if we hold them to a field goal like we did on the 10-yard, we win the football game. And ultimately, as I told the players again today and told them on Friday night, you don't know which play is going to decide the football game. And uh, it could be one in the first half. Uh, there'll be a play that could end up being the one. And Obviously, in that game, you can point to five or six plays on each side of the ball that really were the difference in the football game. Now, Coach, I've been very impressed with the linebacking core on this team when you talk about Mike Martin and Austin Hancock and a guy who we're about to talk to in Jake Rodriguez. In your opinion, how strong has your linebacking group been this season? Uh, They've done very well uh, as a group. Um, Obviously, Michael gets a lot of the the publicity. He's, He's a dynamic player. He makes a lot of impact plays, and he deserves that. And uh that's one of the you know one of the reasons that uh, you know people recognize him because he makes flashy plays. Um, Jake had a has quietly put together a really good season. Uh, he's made a lot of plays, and if you look the, the last three weeks, uh, really he's really had some huge games and uh, with a lot of tackles, a lot of tack- a lot of impact plays. Uh, obviously, yesterday Michael had uh, 
I think he ended up with, after our film study, I think he ended up with 11 or 12 tackles total with uh, with a with a sack and a tackle for loss and a cause fumble. Jake had, uh, I think, 13 or 14 tackles after our film study. He had three tackles for loss, a recovered fumble, and a sack. Uh, obviously, those are very, very productive days. Austin had eight tackles and, and, and had, a, had two tackles for loss. So, you know, those are obviously very productive uh, impact-type days, and that's what you want guys to do is impact the game. And obviously Mike Martin is a senior. You look at a couple other players on your defense that, that, is a, that, you know, that are seniors, but when you look at the linebacking core, for instance, Austin Hancock and Jake Rodriguez, both not seniors, they're, they're going to be coming back next year. How much do you think being able to keep this same defensive scheme another year, how much is that going to help them grow next year? Oh, it'll be huge, uh, and and that's part of it. You know, we are so drastically different defensively from from what they were a year ago schematically, and and these guys are still learning and adjusting to it. And I think that's where you see, you know, like Jake here, the last you know four to five games has really come on, and, and I think he's starting to get more comfortable in the scheme, and 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 you know, obviously, experience is is one of the best teachers you can get. Um, we lose Mike. Um, but you've got Jake coming back, got Austin coming back. We're, we're really high on, on Nick Marino, uh, Kasim Forbes. Uh, Stephen Hodge has done some really nice things. Uh, David Conroy, the backup, Jake's backup in the middle as a freshman, has done some nice things. Uh, those guys don't play as much uh, because of, you know, to, it, it needs to mean something to start, and the starter, you know, plays. Uh, the majority of the time, but those guys have all done a good job. I think we got a good, probably defensively as a whole group, it's our strongest group as far as depth. And I wish we had the depth up front that we have at linebacker, uh, the the numbers and the depth and the strength uh, and the playmaking ability, because we do have some guys that have great playmaking ability at linebacker. All right, Coach. Well, thanks a lot for coming on with us, and best of luck this weekend against Lafayette. Thanks. Thanks for having thanks, me, guys. Coach. And now let's go inside the huddle as we welcome in linebacker Jake Rodriguez and kicker Patrick Murray. Guys, thanks for coming on. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing well, thank uh, you. Thank you. Well, again, thanks for coming on. And, guys, I'm, I'm sure it had to be a tough one to swallow after you, you come up short against Bucknell. Um, so what was the feeling like in the locker room after that game? Jake, you can go first. Um, it was rough. I just really felt bad for the seniors. We all put so much work into it, and, you know, this is their, this is their last chance at it. Um, for most of them, uh, maybe a couple people have an opportunity to play football after college, but for the majority of the seniors, this is their last uh, go around with it. So I just felt real bad for them. And Patrick, how do you feel following that loss? You know, being a senior, I really took that one to heart. That was our chance to solidify a winning season, which hasn't been done here in a very long time. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I honestly, I don't know how to explain my emotions after the game I've I was <laughs> not very happy yeah. and in terms of we, we've talked about maybe building the house and putting the roof on it and we've got a senior and a non-senior here so I think we can get maybe two different opinions from a senior perspective what has this team done you, you talk about maybe not having a winning season in a while or whatever it may be but uh, what what is was this senior class put together that they leave behind this senior class, along with the new coaching staff, are basically starting Fordham football over. The legacy that we want to leave behind is that we change the face of Fordham football forever and to give it to Jake, who's going to be a senior next year. I mean, 
coming into the season, obviously coming off a one and ten season last year, we really wanted to never feel that way again. We wanted to change everything, starting with the coaching staff and you know Coach Moorhead, Coach Blackwell, Coach Bryan, or all those guys. They've done a great job coming in here and getting us ready to play every week. So the legacy we want to leave behind is just that we changed Fordham football for the better. And, and going to Jake, you obviously are going to step into that role next year. What's that like seeing these seniors leave behind what they've left behind, and, and what do you take away from that? Uh, the seniors really changed the culture of Fordham football since I've been here. There's a whole new attitude this year. Um, everybody seems more into it. Everybody seems more for the team. So um, I'm going to try and take what they started and pass it on to the people who are younger than me and really perfect uh, what needs to be done here, which is winning seasons and championships. Now, Jake, the, the linebackers on this team have been terrific this season, making tackles all over the field. How much fun has it been to, to play with guys like Mike Martin and Austin Hancock, and, and how much chemistry do you guys have with each other on the field? Uh, it's been great. Uh, Mike and Austin, they're both playmakers, and, you know, when one of us messes up on a play, the other one is always right behind them. Um, you know, they're they're fast, they're physical, uh, they have a knack for the ball. So uh, it's been great playing beside them. Um, we help each other out, and uh, we just try and get the job done. And, and obviously, scheme-wise, you guys have changed what you've done so much. Coach Blackwell mentioned it in the previous segment that really you guys have been asked to take on drastically different roles within the defense than you did a year ago. Right. Uh, it was a challenge uh, to start because it was a whole new system that we had to learn. But uh, I like what we've done with the defense. It it, uh, it allows the linebackers especially to fly. You know, uh, when, when I say fly, I mean we can really flow to the ball, whereas last year a lot of time it was gap control. But this year it's uh, it's almost a see ball, get ball mentality. But you still need to you still need to do your job, but it gives the linebackers a lot more freedom, and I like that. And Patrick, three more field goals against Bucknell. You also continue to punt the ball extremely well. And I think I asked I asked you this earlier in the season, but I want to ask it again. Do you feel more natural as a punter or as a place kicker, or are you really confident in your abilities at, at doing both? I'm extremely confident in my ability to do both things. You know, my meeting with Coach Moorhead when he first came on campus, he told me specifically, we're going to need you to step up and do everything this year. We know your ability. You know your ability. So we're going to need to rely on you in a lot of games this year. And I took that into the summer, and I put it on myself to really be accountable to this team because I knew that my teammates would need me. They go out there every single play and give everything that they have. So I have to be able to do my job every single time to help our defense with field position or to score points for our offense to put our team in the best position to win. And you've made the Fordham offense so much better because they can expect to get to the 33-yard line, expect you to finish the job. You've got four 50-yard field goals this year. First, did you hit any 50-yard field goals in high school? Or, I mean, were you normally hitting from 50? Um, I could hit a 50-yard field goal in my freshman year of high school. Uh, I just always had that natural leg strength, and I think that comes from uh, my dad, definitely being an Irish guy. You know, we've got a strong leg. We've got a knack for kicking the ball, so that definitely comes from the Irish side. Um, I lined up for a 50-yard field goal. JV, my sophomore year against Bergen Catholic, and made it. And that was the only attempt of 50 yards that I had in high school. You know, our offense was pretty good in high school, so we didn't really need to kick that many field goals. And, but, of course, yeah, Don Bosco prep. I, <laughs> it, I think pretty much everyone in the area knows about Don Bosco. Yeah, we, we've had a couple of good years 
Uh, <laughs> Coach Toll and that entire staff are just tremendous guys, and they've really prepared me for what to expect in college, football-wise and academic-wise. I mean, Don Bosco's a great school. I had some of the best teachers I've ever had at that school, and they've really prepared me for what to expect at Fordham and what I've experienced. But to to go beyond the, the 450-yard field goals for, for just one second, I, I find it interesting that Coach Moorhead, when we go down to the field, says, you know, we, we'll ask, you know, maybe what's Patrick's you know, range today? How far can he kick it? He'll go, well, he'll tell him, I'll ask him during the game, and if he tells me he can hit this, I'll let him go. I mean, it, he, he doesn't even question it. Is that something that really gives you confidence when, when he says, eh, if you think you can hit a 60, we'll send you out there? Absolutely. It's a credit to Coach Moorhead because a lot of coaches would not trust a guy who says he can hit a 60-yard field goal when the game's on the line. But he lines me up for 60-yard field goals, 58-yard field goals during practice, and I've hit them. So I've proven to him that I can hit them. And once I've proven to him that I can hit them, he has no problem putting me in. He's a guy that wants points on the board. And if you can get him points on the board, he's going to get it any way he can. Now, Jake, I want to go back to you because the team has had a, a tough stretch of, ho- of road games. Now you finally get to come back home for these last two games of the regular season. How nice is it going to feel just to, to play in front of your own fans? Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, these road games, it's been a long stretch, and everybody's excited to get home in front of our own fans. It's a different energy on game day when you're at home because you know that your friends and family are all going to be there, and uh, you always have you know that little extra push on home, uh, home game days. So it's it's going to be good to finish out the season with uh, two home games, especially for the seniors. And and now you get to come home as well. Um, and in terms of kicking the football, when you're at Nippert Stadium, things are obviously a little different. You hit the longest field goal in, in their stadium's history. And then you go to a place like Holy Cross or Bucknell that have open-ended stadiums on one side. What's it like to come back to the beautifully built, one-sided Fordham Jack Coffee Field? You know, the goalposts are the same size in every stadium. <laughs> and, you know, the, it's a 100-yard field, so it doesn't really matter where I'm kicking the ball. I just have to kick it straight. And now this is my last question for you, Patrick. You know, you've had a number of, of national accolades and, and, you know, all these different awards, the Fred Mitchell uh, watch list for that award. How do you, how do you play with, with all these things? Do you, do you push all that aside and just, just go out there and do your job? How do you, how do you focus with all that? Uh, I actually don't know what the Fred Mitchell Award is. Um, and to be honest with you, I don't care about any of that stuff. The only thing I care about is wins and losses. So all that stuff can happen or not happen. It doesn't matter to me as long as I play my heart out for my team every single week. And really the last question for me as well. We talked earlier in this segment, and this goes to both of you guys, talked about the pain after that loss and obviously it was a very difficult loss but there's still two games to be played this season at this point what are you playing for what what impact do you hope these two games have not only on the season but maybe on on the overall team aspect going forward we'll start with jake and finish with the senior here uh, it starts with pride um, we need these last two wins to really go out as a proud team with a winning season a winning season hasn't happened here in a long time and uh these last two games are huge. Yes, we aren't going to be able to make the playoffs this year, and you know we always have the highest aspirations, and it's not going to be able to work out this year. But the fact that we still have a chance to uh, end our season with a winning season and have these seniors finish their football careers with a winning season, it, it, it means a lot. So we're going to attack these next two weeks just as serious as we've attacked any other week. Just like we're preparing, you know, like for a national championship game. So. 
um, they're very important, and this one, these two are for the seniors. Patrick? You know, as Jake said, we obviously can't play for a national championship, which was our ultimate goal. Um, but these next two games, especially being a senior, mean a lot to me. This may be the last time I put on the pads with these guys. And yeah, it's just, I can't believe four years have gone by this fast. I will never, ever forget these guys. The memories and the friendships that I've built here have just been amazing. So to send these guys out with a winning season, something that, as Jake said, hasn't been done here in a very long time, would just be tremendous. I mean, I will never get used to losing. It's just not built into me. So we better win these next two games. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks a lot. Great stuff, and best of luck the rest of the way. Thanks for coming on with us. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, guys. And we are now joined once again by head coach Joe Moorhead as we look ahead to the Rams' upcoming matchup with Lafayette. Coach Lafayette allowed over 700 yards of total offense this week, uh, including 531 on the ground. I know that was against a very good Colgate team, but how important will it be for you guys to get the running game going early in this game when you look at those numbers? No, we you know, haven't had an opportunity to look at the tape yet, but uh, you know Colgate's kind of been running roughshod. Uh, over their last few opponents offensively. I think McCarney and McCord both had over 200 yards rushing in the game. So, um, you know, the little bit that I've seen of Lafayette tape so far, you know, the uh, Coach Luce is a defense coordinator. He's been there forever. They do a really good job mixing up their fronts and their coverages and their pressures. So, uh, you know, just like every week, you know, we want to try to establish a run and, and, you know, have everything in our offense go around that. Well, and of course, Coach, you say that Colgate has just gone crazy on everybody, but you look at Lafayette's season numbers, their defense – overall has held teams to just 25 points a game and Colgate ran up over 60. What do you think Lafayette brings to the table that maybe Colgate exposed or that you think maybe you're going to look for? Well, you know, with the, you know, the read element of, of Colgate's offense, you know, with McCarney back there in the shotgun, they, you know, they read the three technique, they read the defensive end, they do a lot of misdirection things. And, you know, when you're playing, you know, a man free coverage scheme, uh, you know, sometimes, you end up being a gap short, and uh, you know, uh, uh, without seeing the tape, I would guess that there were probably some some issues fitting up the runs against cover one that uh, that Colgate exposed. Now Lafayette comes into this game at five and four on paper. They're a very balanced team. They do a lot of things well. They're pretty similar to your team when you look at it, especially with that five and four record. So with the teams being this even, how important is the turnover battle going to be to win if you want to come out with a win in this game? As always, it's going to be huge. I think it's the number one determining factor in winning and losing games, along with explosive plays. And you know, we talked about it last week, or I believe early in the week, and then then pregame that turnovers are going to be a factor, and it ended up being the the deciding factor in the Bucknell game. So we, uh, you know, we got to create turnovers on defense and and take advantage of them, and uh, you know, not 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 have you know mistakes on offense to to put the other team in good field position. Obviously, we're still several days away from from game day, but in terms of the weather, it's going to continue to get colder. It was it was chilly and windy when you played against Bucknell this week. How do you see that affecting your team if if it continues to be that kind of weather here at home these last two games? You know, when you play football in the Northeast, I think that's why you see a lot of people really focus on the ability to and uh, you know desire to run the football, you know, because when it gets into weather conditions such as, you know, the ones we saw at Bucknell and the ones that will continue to see, you know, as the weather takes a turn, you know, you got to be able to run the ball. You have to be able to be physical and, uh, you know, because you can't always rely on the pass because sometimes the conditions aren't advantageous to chucking the ball around, you know, 30 or 40 times a game. 
Now, Coach, it's finally the end of this stretch of road games for you guys. You get to come back home. It'll be the first home game in over a month for you guys. Uh, how comforting will it be to finally be back home and, and playing in front of a home crowd? Yeah, I can't even. Who, who was our last home game? Georgetown. Georgetown. Right. Yeah, it'll be it'll be great to be back. Uh, you know, it's been a long road uh, on the road, so we um, you know it's great. You guys get to, you know, we have our you know pregame. Uh, kind of schedule that we have set you know we, we do our walkthrough we have our team meal we have meetings at night and you get to go sleep in your own bed and get up and play in front of your home crowd so it'll be family weekend we're expecting a great turnout you know have a have a winning season on the line and, and a lot of the goals that we set as a, as a team you know still out in front of us so we're, we're very excited to be back home and we've talked about that about what it's like to be on the road and, and a lot of coaches talk about what you can gain from being on the road the camaraderie that you build do you think your team gained something from having essentially a month away from Jack Coffee Field? Um, you know, you, you would wish our record would have dictated that we that we gained a little bit more. I would we finished two and four on the road, and you know, some and you know, two of those losses were by six combined points. So, you know, you've just got to be able to handle handle adversity, and you know, part of going on the road is being able to handle the bus trips and you know, being in the hotel and you know, getting up early to get over to the stadium. So, you know, that's just that's part of the game. Now, Coach, two games to go in the regular season. Are there still things that you think your team can improve upon, even though it's this late in the season, but you still have two games left? Yeah, we, we're looking to improve on everything that we do every day, and that's, uh, you know, it's just, it's just a matter of, of our weekly preparation. And we talk about it all the time that we're gonna, you know, we're gonna set our game plan. We're gonna go out and practice as hard as we can, and uh, you know how how we practice during the week will, will dictate how we play, you know, on Saturday. So. Uh, Every facet of the game, offense, defense, and special teams, we're constantly looking for ways to improve it and refine it and you know, help our players improve individually and as a team. And Alex talks about how late we are in the season, but over the course of the season, you see players in practice who work themselves into games and really improve a lot over the course of a season. Are there any guys that you're looking for these last two games who maybe earlier in the season the, the home fans wouldn't have seen that maybe are going to make a big impact? You know, you you look at you just take a look at our numbers and we've got a number of guys that are ranked statistically in the country in the top 20 you know Higgins um Wetzel obviously Patrick Murray Michael Martin there's a bunch of guys that are having you know seasons and you see it on paper uh you know Garrick Mayweather is a, is a guy that's been playing a little bit at uh right guard been been um you know sharing some time with Steve Tappy so he's he's a guy that you know hasn't been out there a ton at the initial part of the season so he's doing some real good things there uh, so I'd say he's probably one guy that you know we haven't seen a ton of, but has been getting more playing time as the as the weeks have progressed. All right, well, coach, thanks for coming in, and best of luck this week against Lafayette. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, coach. And that will do it for this week's edition of Monday Night Quarterback. Thanks to head coach Joe Moorhead, defensive coordinator Nick Blackwell, linebacker Jake Rodriguez, and place kicker and punter Patrick Murray. Next week on Monday Night Quarterback, we will look back at the Lafayette game and we'll also preview the season finale against Colgate. We'll have our X's and O's segment with one of the coaches and we will go inside the huddle with some of the players. Until then, for Mike Watts, producer-engineer Julian Atienza, I am Alex Smith. Enjoy your week, everybody. Monday Night Quarterback is a production of WFUV Sports.